Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part four of four of our talk on hematuria. Now, last time we left off part three speaking about um, bladder cancer, and we made the point that bladder cancer can be an incidental finding. When you're looking for the patient with hematuria, it does help you, particularly in older patients, to do arterial phase imaging from the diaphragm down to the symphysis, because then we have the kidneys as well as the bladder in arterial phase, which may help you pick up small lesions. And in the bladder, it's very easy to pick up small bladder cancers, even just a few millimeters. We find that if anything enhances in the bladder, it's a cancer to prove it otherwise. Yes, malcoplakia can give you a similar appearance, but that's exceedingly rare. When there's an older patient, over 50, surely over 60, it's gonna be a cancer. And here's just a nice example, a very subtle enhancement posterior wall of the bladder seen on arterial phase imaging, a under one centimeter bladder cancer, very nicely shown. Or in this example, you actually see active bleeding from a lesion. There it is nicely on the MIP, again on the MIP, and that was a bladder cancer. Here's a larger lesion in a patient with hematuria. Again, about a two centimeter lesion coming off the bladder wall. There's no extension into the perirenal space. This will get resected. Here's the same patient. Coronal views very nicely showing you some of the vascularity in the lesion proper. And here, when you look at the presence on the later phase, you can see the blood in the bladder. Looks very much like we would talk about the stomach with a GI bleed or the bowel with a GI bleed. This high density material behind. Uh, so if you don't see the bleed right away, but you see high density material, you better try to figure out, is it a bladder lesion or something coming from the ureter, perhaps coming from the kidney. Now, when you have delayed face imaging, you can see the soft tissue density within the contrast layering out. But the truth is this could be clot. In theory, it could be an underlying tumor. It could be debris. It's very hard to tell on this image precisely what's going on. So at times, the earlier images will be more valuable. Here's a patient with hematuria following catheterization. Well, when you look at these images in the early phase, you can see the Foley catheter in place. But look at the high density within the bladder. That's obviously blood. And when you look a little bit carefully, uh, you can see this active jet of contrast in this placement of the patient's catheter. They were just a little bit too aggressive, hit the posterior wall and caused the bleed. And you can see a pretty active bleed. Uh, this sometimes will simply be monitored and hopefully the bleed stops on its own. If not, it may take lasers to stop the bleeding, but a pretty good example of active bleeding in the bladder due to trauma. Again, here it is as you go from the early to later phase imaging, you can see the jet gets larger. So this is really active bleeding and very much like when you look at the colon and you see active bleed and the bleed increases from arterial to venous and it gets more extensive, those are the patients you're typically going to have to do angio on because the bleeding may not stop. I have to admit I haven't seen fortunately many cases of active bleed following catheter placement, but it indeed can occur. Now, when you talk about bleeding, of course, we talk about tumors of the kidney. And I focus this talk on non-tumors because you've heard many talks about tumors. And um, we do create another series of talks on renal masses in this series as well. But I'll just at least touch on it to remind everybody, 40% of the presentations of renal cell carcinoma are with hematuria. 
In patients with microscopic hematuria, neoplasm is uncommon, even in an older patient. In patients with macroscopic hematuria, on the other hand, the risk for malignancy is high, even in younger patients. So microscopic versus macroscopic, we spoke about that in the beginning of this series. When I do an exam of the kidneys, I really need four phases. I need the non-contrast because sometimes I could be confused by a high-density renal cyst. I need to go at about 30 seconds for good visualization and determining small vascular lesions or determining the etiology of a lesion be a clear cell versus papillary. The nephrographic phase is ideal for looking at the renal vein, also looking at the enhancement pattern of the tumor, as well as the fact that some tumors are better seen nephrographically than in the cortical medullary phase. And finally, the expiratory phase is mandatory because I need to exclude transitional cell carcinoma. I need to look at the calyces, and it can be very helpful also in planning the patient's surgery. So all the phases are necessary. Depending on the age of the patient, you don't necessarily need to scan all the way through the abdomen and pelvis. With the patient's parenchymal phase, you surely just need the kidneys. We do say on the early phase, cortical medullary or excretory phase, it really needs to be diaphragm down to symphysis. Again, very important. In this article by Kohlmeier, spoke about the fact that one of the things you can do with the early phase imaging is determine the etiology of a lesion. The average clear cell is about 152 Hounsfield units, and the papillary is about 61 Hounsfield units. So by looking at the vascularity, you can be very good at predicting what the tumor will be. Now, particularly with small tumors and older patients, there's a lot of work being done on simply following these patients rather than operating. If you're gonna operate, you're more likely to operate on a clear cell. A papillary is less likely to grow and less likely to metastasize. So here's a nice example, mass with faint calcification, lower pole right kidney. You can see the prominent vascularity in this six centimeter mass. You can see it very nicely on these coronal 3D volume rendered views which shows you that this patient could benefit from a partial nephrectomy. You then look at the excretory phase imaging and the lesion washes out. Well, based on the vascularity of the lesion, you'd be favoring a clear cell. You also create the 3D maps, particularly from the early phase imaging, showing you the tumor and the interface to the kidney. You can see why this would be a great candidate for partial nephrectomy. There's the kidney's view from behind, and you see the patient's right renal mass. And that is your good example of a clear cell. Now another example, large right renal mass. It's vascular, but the central necrosis. Now one of the things we see with clear cell, you don't need to see vascularity throughout the lesion. So if you say, well, I'm measuring the center, it's not very vascular, that simply is necrosis. One of the things we have found is clear cell with necrosis centrally are less likely to do well with chemotherapy. The tumors tend to be more aggressive, so it's an important thing to think about in terms of managing these patients. Again, you nicely see some of the neovascularity, and here it is on the excretory phase imaging. We have what one would consider a pseudocapsule to the patient's tumor. Another example, very vascular left renal lesion, and then you can see it's coming immediately into the renal vein and then you follow and look at the neovascularity. Now we also can consider other things. Oncocytomas can be vascular, but there's usually a central scar. 
At times, it's impossible to separate just from CT imaging clear cell from oncocytoma. Here you can see very nicely on the 3D volume rendering, the neovascularity of the tumor, the dilated left renal vein, the extension of tumor through the renal vein just going to the IVC. And here it is on excretory phase imaging. So you can see exactly how each of the various phases becomes helpful, but the diagnosis of renal cell is fairly easy. And again, it's one of the common causes of hematuria. We spoke before about renal vein involvement. When you stage patients with the renal cell, we'll be looking carefully at the extension into the renal vein and perhaps extension in the IVC and how far that extension goes. Now I mentioned papillaries are typically smaller. The lower grade tumors can be multifocal or bilateral, but they're ideal for nephron sparing surgery and in the right patient, they're ideal to simply follow. One of the things about papillary renal cell carcinomas, their attenuation value is surely under 90, though I have seen a couple which are hypervascular. So the rules don't always hold true, but they're pretty consistent. Now, you like to think about papillary being small, but I show you this case to remind you not necessarily. Here's a large mass in the left kidney, lower pole, pretty good margins. You see on the arterial phase, the lesion enhances minimally. There's some faint calcifications. The enhancement is still there. There's a little bit of inhomogeneity on the patient's delayed phase imaging. But this is a classic papillary renal cell carcinoma. This was a great candidate for a partial nephrectomy. Remember, initially partial nephrectomies were limited by size. Now it's limited by the vascular involvement and the potential for getting clear margins. Size is not gonna be the issue any longer. Now the last thing I'll comment on in terms of tumors or near the last thing will be urothelial cancers, which make up up to 15% of renal tumors and most are TCCs. The important thing about TCCs, and we speak about this in a special series on TCC, they're often multifocal. So you need to be looking at the contralateral kidney, the ureters, and the bladder. It is one of the causes of hematuria, and that's its typical presentation. It can be missed on non-contrast CT because you may not see caliectasis and you may not see a mass. The appearances will vary. When you have contrast, you can see single or multiple sessile filling defects that compress the renal sinus fat. You can see pelvic seal irregularities, including strictures, focal diffuse mural thickening, seal amputation, or tumor-filled distended calyces. And you can sometimes see multiple different findings. Here's a great case. There's something funny in the left renal pelvis with calcifications. Yes, you could think about TB or some infectious process. When you give contrast, you can see this enhancement of the renal pelvis. It's a soft tissue mass infiltrating the pelvis. Here it is on the 3D volume rendering. There's the calcification. There's the infiltration. There's the mass. And that is the appearance of TCC. TCC is best defined perhaps sometimes on the excretory phase. On the excretory phase here, you see destruction of the calyces, that infiltration, the blunting of other calyces, but it's this infiltration uh, and involvement that becomes most critical. Again, making the point that excretory phase imaging is critical for detecting transitional cell and for being definite that that's the specific diagnosis. Another patient, hematuria, when you look at the early phase imaging, there's something sitting in the left renal pelvis. 
and that's a good sign. You need to look carefully. You sometimes can see that in non-contrast as well of a transitional cell carcinoma. Here it is nicely going into the lower pole calyces. Very nice example. Here it is on the volume rendering showing you that infiltration. Uh, again, that soft tissue mass. Blood clots can look like this but not be that extensive. Renal cell carcinoma, no chance. This is going to be TCC. You can think about other things that cause infection, but again, you're not going to have that appearance. And here it is on the excretory phase. Very nice example. Now, you always need to be careful. You can see fluid fluid levels, like in this normal renal pelvis. This is not a fluid fluid level. This is a mass. And simply go to the coronals, and it's very easy. You see the tumor infiltrating the lower pole calyces and renal pelvis. Just very nicely shown here, particularly as you go to the MIP imaging. There's the destruction involving the pelvis. This is all the tumor, the blunted calyces, as well as amputated calyces to the lower pole. And again, here's just a few more views of this. Very classic. And again, in the TCC lectures, I emphasize the importance of MIP imaging, sliding MIPs, 10 to 15 millimeters thick, to look at calyceal abnormalities. The last thing I'll mention is lymphoma. Lymphoma can involve the kidneys most commonly as part of multi-organ classic systemic disease, but sometimes it's only the kidney. It can be unilateral or bilateral with solitary or multiple masses. Sometimes it's just typically nephromegaly. Renal lymphoma is typically hypovascular. Extension into the peri and pararenal space is not uncommon. You can see extensive adenopathy, but you don't need to. And again, lymphoma is one of the causes of hematuria. We talk about B-cell lymphoma as the one we typically see. In more than one half of cases, renal or perirenal spread is detected at initial presentation. Uh, again, we're talking about Burkitt's lymphoma. Hodgkin's is much less common. So just a couple examples. Here's a beautiful example of infiltration of both kidneys. That's classic lymphoma. Again, if you have to come up with something else, infection, I don't think so. Nephromegaly due to amyloidosis, that's a possibility, but the best choice is going to be lymphoma. Here's another example of lymphoma involving the left kidney. Beautiful extension into the peri and pararenal spaces. There's adenopathy adjacent to the renal vein. Very classic B-cell lymphoma. And here's that infiltration shown nicely with IV contrast material. So concluding then, we spent the better part of an hour looking at hematuria. Hematuria and flank pain are common clinical presentations. The age of the patient and clinical history is critical in defining optimal scan protocols. Uh, one of the challenges we do have is when patients have limited phase imaging to make the right diagnosis. And surely in the ER setting, not giving IV contrast or in any setting is really going to limit what you can detect and increases what you could miss. So in the ER setting, please work with your referring docs to make sure they order IV contrast. Uh, communication is critical. And for the radiologist, communication with the technologist, get the right protocol for the right problems. Don't do too many phases, but don't do too few phases. And I think I've shown you the range of cause of hematuria are extensive, but as a radiologist, using CT correctly, we can be very good at finding out what the cause of the hematuria is, what the extent is, and help with managing the patient. And with that, I hope you have a great day.
If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.